when you begin to make that change and, and you're able to put your offer in terms that, that are clear and, and make sense and are attractive to that ideal client, all of a sudden that just magnifies the results of everything else that you're doing up to this point. You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're tackling a couple of different topics from ways to overcome the biggest challenges in attracting clients and services-based business to effective tactics for referral marketing, both topics that are hot and things that we have heard uh, discussed with clients and people that we know on other episodes of the podcast. To help us, we have with us Steve Gordon, founder of Unstoppable CEO. Steve, thank you so much for taking time and welcome to the show. Hey, Chad, thanks for asking me to, to come on the show. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this should be a good time. And so we always start with one oddball question right out of the gate, <laughs> just to set the stage so people get to know you a little bit better. What's something you're passionate about that those who know you largely through business or online communities may be surprised to learn about you? Um, I, I have become a very passionate and devoted student of philosophy over the last few years. And... um not that many people know it. My wife knows it. I, I drive her crazy because I'm always <laughs> reading something. But uh, yeah, that's probably the one thing that, that anybody listening to this, if they've found me elsewhere, they probably don't know that. Wow. And so was there a, something that spawned that or sparked that? Or is it just, it just kind of a natural evolution? I think you just, you know, I, I, I'm... I'm within sight of my 50th birthday ah. and I think I just, uh, you know, I, I started looking for what are, what are all the, the secret truths to life? And, uh, <laughs> and I think that's probably what, what's driving it all. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So for our listeners, a little bit of context around unstoppable CEO and how the company came to be just so we've got some context. Yeah. So, um, we, we started off in 2010. This is my second business. Uh, my first company was an engineering consulting firm and really fortunate in that first business to, um, really get to lead that at a young age. I was 28 when I got asked to, to become the CEO of that business. And that's really where a lot of the ideas that, that we talk about at the unstoppable CEO kind of began because I came into that role at the age of 28 with a technical background. I didn't know anything about marketing or selling. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, we've got to get clients somehow. And, you know, we were like a lot of businesses. We're really fortunate in that we had a lot of, you know, uh, we had, a, I shouldn't say a lot. We had enough word of mouth that, you know, some days the phone would ring and we'd get a new client. Other days it wouldn't, we wouldn't really know why it rang one day and why it didn't ring the other day, but we had enough coming in to at least kind of sustain us, you know, but I, I didn't like that because it kept me laying awake at night wondering where's the next client coming from because we weren't really <laughs> doing anything to influence that, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people are like nodding as they're listening to this because they're living this. And I think that's the story of most service businesses. And so, so in 2010, you know, we're, we're coming up on, uh, on a decade now of, uh, of the unstoppable CEO. And, and I started the business really to help 
service business owners, uh, professionals who, you know, are expert at, at whatever it is that they do, but then they got dropped into the world and now they realize that oh, we got to sell this too. And they aren't necessarily comfortable with it. You know, so we started really kind of to, to be a hero to those people. And I've grown up in those businesses and my whole life, my dad's a CPA. I was the kid that was crawling under desks, you know, on Saturdays during tax season <laughs> when he was in there for, you know, ungodly hours doing taxes. And so I, I I've just lived the, the, the service business experience for my entire life. And I know how difficult it is when you're the product you're the CEO, you're the sales force, you're the marketing team. I mean, it's not only are you wearing a lot of hats, but when you're in the business of, of selling your advice, and that's what most professionals do, it's difficult to use a lot of the sales tactics that are out there. And then all of a sudden you got to, it's like, you've got to run, you know, into the phone booth, put on your Superman suit and come out and save the day, you know, and you've just bludgeoned this prospect with all these sales tactics and scripts. And so, um, so I've been working, you know, for the last really 25 years, but specifically the last 10 in the current business to help professionals kind of solve that problem. Like how do we sell, maintain our authority, do it in a way that makes us feel good so that we don't feel like we're, you know, kind of undermining the work we have to do after we make the sale. So yeah, um, and I'm thinking, without, think about it. That's a lot of hats, right? I mean, that's, I mean, even in a startup, you at least have maybe two or three other people that are wearing multiple hats, right? But in a, in a true, if you're starting out in that, you know, that situation you described, I, it resonates with me because three years ago, I went from being corporate executive with, you know, uh, assistant and schedules and a team and all that to starting my own business and becoming basically a 100% commission sales rep. And those sleepless nights are no joke. Like that's, I mean, it, it, that can churn energy like you would not believe. And so how, how do you see, you know, what are you, the top challenges you're seeing these services based business have in terms of consistently attracting clients? Well, most of them approach it in a haphazard way. And, you know, it's interesting that you talk about your background and, you know, coming out of, a, you know, a, a corporate environment and starting a business. We're seeing more and more of that happen. And uh, I think that's actually a really great thing um, for the economy overall, but it's a big challenge. It's a kind of a big wake up call, you know, because as you say, you come out and you don't have all these resources, you know, available to you and you start just doing whatever you have to do to begin to get those initial clients. And while doing whatever you have to do to get the, the first batch of clients and, you know, start paying the bills and getting the revenue coming in is a good thing where that tends to go off the rails is, is that most of these businesses don't evolve beyond that. Like they get those sort of haphazard business development habits ingrained and they don't actually think of the business development process as a fundamental system in the business and they don't treat it that way, you know? And so we, we usually look at, at four levers to pull to, to really be able to, to systematize business development, dial it in, have it be repeatable, you know, and, and so we can go through what those, those four things are certainly, but that, that's the key is kind of shifting the mindset from the startup mode into now I've got to turn this into something that's sustainable. 
Well, and, and the consistency, right? The consistency of doing that because, you know, especially in smaller companies, you know, and I've, I've worked for small agencies. I've worked for large companies and do, done my own thing. It, it's interesting because you get to the point where you're so focused on BD because you need those clients to come in. Then you get them and you have to execute because, all right, you did all this work so you could share your advice. Now you actually have to share your advice and, and you, have, you have to work with clients. And there's only so many hours in a day. And so the time management piece of it, I think is a huge one, at least for me, but I'm really curious to know what are those four levers that you guys are focused on? Well, it, it really all starts with getting really clear about who you're trying to serve. We call that the ideal client. You might call it target market. You know, a lot of different ways to think about it. Some people will, will call it your niche, but the point is the more focused and specific you can get about who you're trying to serve the easier all of the other marketing is going to be. And that's a really counterintuitive thing. Most people look at, at their market and they go, well, I want it to be as big as possible because I want all the opportunity that I can get. And that actually works against you because when you go that broad, it's very hard to craft a message or an offer that's going to resonate with anyone. It's, it's sort of like you have to water it down to the least common denominator and that doesn't usually work very well. Right. You know, and it's so funny because we'll get clients will come in and we'll, you know, take, we take them through a, a process called the ideal client solution. And it really kind of focuses them down and gets them clear on who they, you know, who they really want to work with. And that doesn't mean that, if someone that doesn't fit that profile walks up to you with a check filled out with your name on it and wants to, to work with you, that you're going to turn them away. You might, but you, you at least at that point can make a business decision and say, is this a fit? And you may say, yeah, well, I, you know, I'll take the revenue, you know, we can serve them. But, but really what you're talking about is, is getting this ideal client focus around your marketing and business development activities so that you're not spread all over the place. And when we take clients through that, it's, it's like we take the mask off and all of a sudden they can see all these opportunities to connect with and interact with the people that they've just, you know, articulated as the, you know, this is my ideal client. It's all of a sudden they, they see the opportunities when the opportunities were there before, but because they hadn't made that connection in their own mind and hadn't gotten specific about it, they were, you know, for all intents and purposes, they were invisible to that business owner. Yeah. Forest, it's kind of a forest for the trees situation. Like I'm, yeah. too, I'm too focused on, on something macro when I can't see what's right in front of me. Absolutely. And, and for the vast majority of businesses in the country, I mean, forget service business for the vast majority of all businesses in the country. Okay. They would be, ecstatic if they added a small number of clients. And so let's define small number, because I think a lot of times we make this problem far bigger than it needs to be and more complex than it needs to be. So a lot of times we'll look at this going, you know, I need, you know, 10,000 customers. Well, nobody really needs 10,000 <laughs> customers in, in our, you know, the types of business, the people that are listening to this, you know, in our experience, in a service business where you're dealing with clients and it's a high ticket, most people are looking for somewhere between 10 and a hundred really great clients a year. Okay. That's a different problem to solve than I, you know, I need to sell 5,000 widgets a month. And when you begin to think about it like that, it starts to simplify things. And so you can say, all right, I'm going to get really focused on who I want because I don't need 
a thousand people this month. I don't need a thousand people this year. If I get two dozen really great clients, I'm going to be very happy with the results. Our firm is going to grow. Right. And, you know, so now you can kind of narrow down and be more specific, which sim- simplifies everything. So that's kind of the first one. The second is to then, then simplify your referrals because, you know, of all of the different ways that you could go out and develop relationships with prospects that you don't know. And there, I have a buddy that loves to say there's only two types of prospects in the world, the ones you know, and the ones you don't know, right? <laughs> Simple. The ones you know, you can go directly to. It's the ones that you don't know that, you know, we spend all this money trying to, to figure out how to go get in front of them. Well, referrals are the best way to get in front of them. You know somebody that knows the people that you want to be in front of. And now that you've gone through sort of step one, you've defined who you're trying to reach. You can begin to empower your relationships the, the people that believe in what you're doing, whether that's clients or referral partners or people in your network. And you can give them a clear picture of who you want. And you can also now develop and package up a message that they can pass on. So the problem with, with referrals, the thing that most people run into that, that prevents them from getting more referrals and frustrates them about referrals is that they're expecting someone to bring a referred prospect to them with, you know, the checks already filled out, they're already sold, you know, it's all done. Those are great. You're going to get those. But if we step back and say, I just want someone that looks reasonably close to a prospect and we take on the responsibility for qualifying them or disqualifying them and, you know, and for really, you know, doing all of the education and the the selling and and don't rely on our clients to do that. Cause frankly, clients aren't very good at, at it. If we take all that on and say, we're going to do that, we can now open up and unlock a lot more referrals. And, and the, the way that we approach that is we use something called a referral kit. And uh, I wrote about this in my first book, um, which is called unstoppable referrals and referral kits basically just packaged up information. And so this is probably the simplest, easy to understand form of that. It can take other forms, but simplest, easiest to understand form is a short book. So imagine you took all your expertise around, you know, whatever problem you solve for your clients and you wrote a short book and that book might only be 20 or 30 or 40 pages. It doesn't have to be, you know, a, a massive undertaking. And you wrote that down and then you went to your clients and you went to everybody in your network and you said, you know, I, I'm on a mission to change the way that, you know, whoever your clients are, how, you know, change the way that they, that they solve this particular problem. Cause we've got a unique approach to it and I know I'm not going to be able to reach them all. And that's why I've written this book. And Mr. Client, I need your help to identify some people who would benefit from getting this book. If they do business with us down the line, great. If not, that's fine too. At least I know I've had an impact. Will you help me with the mission? Yeah. And your clients will go. I love it. Yeah. Your clients will go, yeah, I'll help you. Because they wanted to help you anyway. Now you're giving them an easy way to do it. It's not just about putting money in your pocket, but it's about this bigger mission that you're on. And you're giving them a way to give value to their network. And that's nice. key. So particularly if you're selling B2B, if, if you can enable another business person to give value into their network, that is in their interest. They're always looking for ways to do it. Most of the time, they're not doing a very good job of it. So you're, you're actually giving them value 
while they're referring you to the people that they know. Yeah. And so when you can, yeah. And when you can simplify referrals like that and not have it just be, Hey, would you please haul someone into a sales meeting so I could sell them some stuff? (laughs) It's, it's like amazing. You know, referrals are unlocked. I was talking with uh, one of our newest clients. We've just taken them through this process and they've got like 400 clients on the, on their books that they all have good, you know, very good relationships with these clients, but they're getting like no referrals. So they started this approach. They used a book that they'd already written and they're just having these conversations. And, uh, you know, in the first, I think they had 13 conversations. They generated 15 referrals, which actually I think is, is not very good. Usually we're looking for somebody to generate five or 10 referrals on average out of those conversations. But because they approached it that way, out of those third, uh, 13 referrals or, um, I, don't know, I, have, I have these numbers backwards. It was 13 conversations, 15 referrals out of the 15 referrals, they generated six new client relationships and about $350,000 in new revenue. Nice. In three weeks. Yeah. Cause they already had the book. They were, they gave them an easy out. They gave them the ability to, to simplify that referral, as you said, and, and it provided value yeah. to their network. Absolutely. Now the, the third lever, so we talked about four levers, the third one, which is what helped them be so successful is, is your offer. And they've got a great offer. So once they got it in front of the right people, it really, really worked well for them. And this is an area that most businesses can really improve on. It helps again, to be specific about who you're trying to sell to. And then if you can tailor your offer to what they really, really want, so that it delivers a, a tremendous value to that client and they see it as that, and then it, it makes it so much easier than to attract them in and to, to get them to buy in because you're actually speaking their language. And what most of us do in service businesses is we sell the, the thing that we got trained to do, right? which is usually not what the client thinks they're buying. The client's usually buying a result of the thing that you do. Right. They're buying an outcome. Right. And it's that, that it's a subtle change in how you communicate it. But when you begin to make that change and, and you're able to put your offer in terms that, that are clear and, and make sense and are attractive to that ideal client, all of a sudden that just magnifies the results of everything else that you're doing up to this point. Um, so that's the third one. And then the, the fourth lever is, is to look at your follow up. Um, and God, it's follow up might as well be a four letter word because most people don't want to do it. Right. (laughs) A lot of work, you know, and you, you have to really figure out how you can set up your follow up so that you're in front of people for the long haul. And that might mean years, particularly in businesses where you're selling at a really high ticket. And it's not, it's not an item where they wake up in the morning and they go, I really, really want that, you know? And you've got to be there when they're you know, at a point where they're ready to buy. It's much more about attracting people into your world and then staying in front of them consistently for the long term. And um, when you do that and you get, you know, you kind of get that database of people that you're following up with up to a certain point, it, it becomes this situation where like you can't possibly fail as long as you continue to follow up somebody in that group on a, you know, daily, weekly, monthly basis is going to be ready. So you begin to kind of create this asset for yourself where, um, you know, you're, you're almost guaranteed to, to 
keep the sales and keep the growth going. But follow-up is a, a big area that we see most businesses just totally falling down on. And, uh, you know, I, I know you, you wanted to touch a little bit on uh, podcasts and I, this may be the place to, to segue into that because I think they're, they're the perfect follow-up tool. Term, in terms of in terms of being on them or leveraging them as you know, hey, I was interviewed here, thought you might find it interesting, and just putting kind of a drip to those referrals, a drip campaign to those referrals, or is it more about awareness and and you know, uh, um, uh, credibility or a combination of all of the above? Well, and, that, and that's one of the reasons that that I'm such a big advocate of podcasts. It gives you all of these different layers of marketing that are otherwise very difficult for someone who's not a professional marketer to recreate. And so fundamentally a podcast is a a media platform. It's a, a, you know, it's a way for you to own your own radio station. Well, there are other kinds of media platforms you could have. You could have an email newsletter, for example, which is sort of like owning your own newspaper. Right. Problem with that for most people is that writing is not their gift. I mean, for the vast majority of, of people on the planet, they don't like wake up in the morning and go, oh, I'd really love to, you know, write a newsletter. Right. You know, the, you get writer's block and it's difficult. And there are all these reasons that you won't do it. And, and a podcast gives you sort of that same level of credibility as, as a, you know, a media celebrity almost. And, and, you know, at least within your niche, it also gives you the ability to connect with other people. So to, you know, expand your network, to connect with people that could potentially be relationships that would be strategic for your business. And you can do that by, you know, having a podcast and inviting people on it to be interviewed. So you're getting that benefit. You can get referred because if you invite those people on and they're marketing to the same group of people that you are, they're going to share that that interview because they're talking about themselves and how great they are, which is fine they're going to share it with all of the people that are in their world. And those people are going to now hear from you as well. So it's, it's a very way, a very easy way to get some passive referrals. And I think the most important strategic byproduct of it all is that you get this really great content without a whole lot of effort. Right. And you, you and I are having this conversation and, uh, I, you know, we'll, we'll go for some amount of time and, and, uh, you know, at the end of that time, I, I, I would imagine you've got a team behind the scenes that's going to take the audio and they're going to do all the things that need to be done with it to get it on its way to being published. And your role is done. Yeah, you know? I mean, to, yeah, to a very large extent. I mean, because essentially we've got people that will take it, they'll write a blog post related to it, they'll create graphics around it. Those then, all those assets then go into feed the top level um, value selling associates marketing, as well as marketing for the guests. Uh, and then it's up to each of us individually, each associate to leverage it in their own way. Now I happen, you know, all right, so I host it. So it's easier enough for me to do that, but it's a challenge for some, right? They, they come on, they have a conversation and then they don't do anything with it. And I tell people all the time, you know, this podcast got successful because we are consistently pushing it out through multiple channels and we're, we're highlighting the things that we believe will be most valuable to those individuals that we are focused on helping. Although I will say after listening to your four levers, 
I think I probably should go through the ideal client solution <laughs> because I think I had a tendency when I started to freak out and be like, wow, okay, I got to get, I, I got to cast a wider net. I understand the concept, but bringing it all back down to that follow-up, having something of value is critical and you're right. Podcasts are pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult. Look, I, I wrote a daily email newsletter every weekday for four years. It's over a thousand days that I wrote a message to, to our database of business owners. We got great feedback on it. People loved it. They were disappointed when I stopped doing it, you know, and it took, I don't know, 20 to 30 minutes a day to do that. And let me tell you, there were days when the pressure of coming up with something new and interesting to say after you've written several hundred of these, it was just like crushing, you know? And with podcasting, you don't have any of that. So for those of you listening are like, well, how does this work? Well, if you know how to have a conversation with another business person, you could do what we're doing right now. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, if you've got a network of people that you want to grow or there are people that you'd love to connect with that you might have a hard time connecting with otherwise, when you invite them to a podcast, you know, particularly other business owners, because it's in their interest to promote their business and you're giving them a promotional opportunity, they're going to say yes to it. So we have clients that use it as a prospecting tool. Yeah. You know, so they've got a list of, you know, business owners that maybe they're doing a weekly podcast. So they got 52 interviews they're going to do in a year and they will put their very top prospects on there and use that as a, an outreach strategy. So instead of showing up as a salesperson, they're showing up as an expert in the industry who hosts a podcast, they're building relationship and then finding opportunities to, you know, add value and, and, uh, and turn that person into a client down the line. You know, but they're starting the relationship in an easy way. You might do it with influencers who have an audience or a network of people that you want access to. What better way than promoting that person? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's such an easy, I mean, and for me, I mean, obviously I'm passionate about the topic for podcasts for multiple reasons, but for me, it's a great way to drive authenticity and credibility. Because anything, anything that looks too contrived, you know, people get skeptical, right? You know, is it an auto marketing automated email? Is it a, you know, it's just another slick. They send it everywhere. But when you can have two people that have a genuine conversation and it's, it's real, I think the credibility comes across, I want to say heavier, but it, more impactful. And, and to be able to have a platform to do that is a great, is a great, um, prospecting tool. And it was part of the reason why we started this two and a half years ago or whenever we started this was we needed to, I needed to build a pipeline. And the easiest way to get people to talk to you is say, Hey, I want to, I want to learn about you. I want to, I want to hear your expertise. I want to share that with an audience and, and go from there. And so it's, um, I think all of these are amazing points. I think at the heart of it though, is the perspective shift I'm hearing anyways, the perspective shift is like, get really focused simplify, make it really easy and valuable for your clients to reach out for you to set that up. I love the idea of the book. Um, although <laughs> 30 to 40 pages for some people, they probably start to cry right now thinking about that and then come up with a good offer and then do the follow up. I mean, it's, it's a, I mean, I think it's a pretty solid approach to ensure you're consistently generating about 10 to 100 clients a year. Yeah. And it, it really, I mean, it, it, 
it, it boils down to just a few things. And you're right. There are some people going, I wouldn't want to write two pages. Uh, and that's okay. Like, don't beat yourself up over that. I mean, we have a, a seventh grader. Our youngest is is uh, 13 and he's in seventh grade. And he's struggling in, uh, in English class right now. And I had to pull him aside and tell him, look, uh, you know, yeah, dad's written three books and I'm about to release a fourth one, um, in the new year. And, uh, but it wasn't always. So <laughs> I was a solid C student in, in English, you know, um, but it takes, it takes a special kind of masochist to want to write that much <laughs> for most people. You don't need to. And, and in fact, I would, I would submit that, you know, creating audio content like this where somebody can hear your voice actually will do more to create trust than if you, if you wrote the same content down. And, and I've had prospects get on sales calls and tell me, so-and-so referred me to your podcast. And I, you know, I went on a business trip and I was driving and I listened, you know, like five or 10 or 12 hours of your podcasts and you're my guy. Well, I got to spend 12 hours with a prospect. Right. Like where else could you do that? You know, and the whole time there it's, uh, it's funny. I, I always like to relate the podcast experience for the listener in, in this way. So Chad, you, you've probably been to a networking event, right? Oh yeah. Like one of those cocktail things and you're standing around and passing business cards and you're, you know, ha- you got a drink in your hand and you're having a conversation one-on-one with somebody. But there's like a third person that's just sort of standing there and they're not really contributing to the conversation, but they're, they don't know what to do and they're listening in. <laughs> yeah. So that's the podcast listener. They're, that's their experience of this, maybe without the drinks, but you know, we're having this conversation, but they are right there with us as they're listening to it. That's a powerful position to be in. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it gives them, it gives you the ability to reach more people. Some people, you know, in that networking example, I am not a huge fan of networking. Right. They, they have a tendency for me to be hugely fear inducing. And in a podcast situation, you have the ability to put out content that people can access the way that makes them feel the most comfortable. Okay. Let's change the direction a little bit here. We ask all of our guests two standard questions towards the end of each interview. The first is simply as a revenue exec, that makes you a prospect (laughs) for professionals. And I think I know what your answer is going to be here, but I'm always curious to know uh, if somebody doesn't have a relationship or I'll even take referral out of it. uh, They don't have a referral uh, into you. What do you find captures your attention and builds the credibility necessary for somebody to get time on your calendar to discuss potential opportunities? Relevance and consistency. And, uh, I'll tell you a quick story around that. So we have a, a podcast, uh, that we host called the Unstoppable CEO podcast. And we get, as you probably do, we get inundated with people wanting to be guests on the podcast and often from booking agents. And one of the booking agents that actually successfully made it through did the most unique thing. First of all, he didn't give up. Uh, he probably reached out to me eight or 10 times by email before I ever responded at all. And when he, you know, he finally just kind of caught my eye and he, uh, he sent me a, uh, a photo and he, in the photo, he's holding up this whiteboard and he named the whiteboard, whiteboard Timmy, and he drew a little face on it. And whiteboard <laughs> Timmy was sad because I hadn't responded and it was a little sad face and it was my name. And 
it, you know, as far as I could tell, it looked like he actually drew that out and wrote it specifically for me. That got my attention. That made me laugh. Yeah. And I'm like, well, all right, I got to respond to this guy. Cause if nothing else, he gets, you know, an A plus for creativity. Right. And for persistence. Cause I knew he'd been following up and, uh, we ultimately ended up, you know, booking that guest. So he got what he was trying to sell. You know, he, he was trying to sell me on putting his client on the podcast and that happened. And it actually ended up, you know, to the point where now when he emails me, I pay attention, you know? Excellent. And so he was really relevant. He had the right guest and, uh, and he was really creative and he didn't quit. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Last question. We call it our acceleration insight. There's one thing you could tell professional services people, one piece of advice you could give them that you believe would help them hit their targets, whatever they may be. What would it be and why? Get focused. You know, with all, all the things that we talked about today, get focused on who your ideal client is first and foremost. Once you do that, you'll begin to see opportunities all around you that will accelerate your sales. You'll see partnerships that you didn't see before. You'll see prospects you didn't see before. You'll see opportunities, you know, at events to get in front of them that you didn't see before. And you'll understand the problems that they have better than you did before. And that'll accelerate everything. Excellent. All right, Steve, if a listener's interested in talking more about the topics we touched on today or engaging with you or finding out more about the books that you've written or the new one that's coming out next year, where do you want us to send them? Yeah, Chad. So what we've done, we've set up a page on our site just for your listeners. And on that page, they'll find um, a, a free copy of, of my latest book. And when the new one's out, we'll actually add that there. So they'll be able to get that when that uh, when that's available. And that book, the book that'll be up there when they go right now is called The Exponential Network Strategy. It actually describes how we use podcasts to grow your network and to get you in front of prospects and turn it into business opportunities. So they can get a free copy of the book there. And uh, they can also find our complete guide to pre-selling your prospects so that you don't have to know all kinds of crazy sales tactics when you're across the table from them that come up, you know, come to you pre-sold and predisposed to do business with you. And also on that page, there's a link if you, you know, if you do want to talk about how we might be able to help. Um, I'm happy to to talk with any of your listeners and there's a link that they can book on my calendar there. Excellent. What's the address for that? Yeah. So they can go to unstoppableceo.net slash revenue exec. So unstoppableceo.net slash revenue exec. And they can find all that stuff there. Excellent. Steve, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Hey, Chad, thanks. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, all right, everybody that does it for this episode, you know the drill, b2brevexec.com. Share the episode with friends, family, coworkers, anyone you want to provide value to. And if you like it, write us a review on iTunes. Until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.